Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Permission to Pivot podcast season two. I'm your host, Jasmine, and I'm so excited for today's guest, Leslie, to be joining us and dropping all of the gems and knowledge that she's learned as a wellness expert. Leslie, could you let our audience know who you are, what you do, and where you're at? Yes. Thank you, first, Jasmine, for having me. Um, my name is Leslie. I live in Orlando, Florida, where it's always sunny, minus these past two days. So that's kind of put a damper in my mood. I will say I'm very spoiled with the yeah. weather here. Um, I am a registered. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, oh, like wearing a hoodie. And I'm just like, how do y'all do this in all the other states? <laughs> I am a registered nurse by trade. So I've been a registered nurse for a decade as of this year. Technically, next month is like 10 years because that's when I passed my boards was in February 2014. Um, and I'm also a certified yoga teacher. And, and there's a lot of ands with me. <laughs> and I'm back in school getting my master's to become a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner. You're doing... It's giving Black women going to get the extra degrees and while we also doing owning a business and I already got a nine to five. And oh, by the way, I'm also raising little humans as well. Period. <laughs> Period. Well, I'm, I love it. And um, I'm really interested because I think that this idea of like being a nurse, but also being a yoga instructor and now like going into really like the psychiatric like nurse practitioner, like this is going to be a juicy little conversation. And I'm so excited. So Leslie, um, when you think about your own journey of like life in general, how do you think that wellness and mental health has impacted any of your major life transitions and pivots or how those major life transitions and pivots have had an impact on your wellness and mental health? Yeah, that's a really good question. And the first, at first I was like, oh, I don't know. And then I was like, oh, I do know. My wellness, mental health, that when I noticed it was when I became a, a mom. So when I had my son, who's now five, so I became a mom in 2018, right? Yep, it was like in 2018. That's when, um, well, Prior, actually, prior to me having my son, it was 2017 is when I noticed like, oh, wellness, mental health, I need that in my life. Mind you, I'd been a nurse for about three years at that time, but nurses were weird people in the sense that um, we don't really be paying attention to our own wellness. We make sure everybody else is well around us. <laughs> but when it becomes, mm -hmm. when it comes to us, we're just like, you know, whatever. So in 2017, I had a miscarriage and that was um, technically the first traumatic thing that has ha have happened to me. And uh, also during that time, I was going through like weird friendship, like breakup. I didn't really know that's what it was at this time, but I was also um, in the process of, of breaking up with, uh, with some friends and my mental health just took a dive. So at that time I was like, I need to therapist because you know I, I I miscarried and it was just it was really traumatic for me and I don't want to say fortunately because that was maybe a strange way to say it it was I, I carried for six weeks and then 
blood, like this might be TMI, but then I went to the bathroom one day and blood. And it wasn't even like a lot. It was a little, but knowing that I was pregnant, I was like, oh God, like if anybody has been pregnant, you know, you're like every little thing about your body. You're like, oh God, I I turned my neck this way. Am I, is the baby going to be okay? You know, (laughs) I remember calling my OBGYN, letting them know and they're like, okay, come in. And I got to go in like that next day because it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't like I was bleeding out or anything. I went into the ultrasound. And this is the part in the story where I kind of was like, I need to know now. Because like I said, once I saw in the bathroom, I kind of suspected, but I didn't want to believe that I had miscarried. So the next day when I went to to do the ultrasound, the tech was like, um, they didn't, they couldn't say it because they're not the doctor. But I was like, can you just like, come come on, like, ah, like, what do you, like, what does that mean that there's no... I forgot what they said exactly, but they're like, the doctor will let you know. The doctor will let you know. And I think it was like the day out. So it's like two days later, pretty much after being in the bathroom that they're like, yeah, we, we need to um, like get this all taken care of. And I had to like get a surgery and all of that. So. Yeah. Well, first I appreciate your vulnerability because I recognize that losing a baby at any point of pregnancy is a traumatic and very emotional experience for moms. And so I appreciate um, and honor your vulnerability to share that because I recognize that like that's hard regardless of when it happened and how long it's been. Like it's always going to, it's a hard thing to talk about. So thank you so much for being transparent and vulnerable um, in, in this moment to share, to share about that experience. So talk to me a little bit about so that experience happened. You were going through some like weird friendship stuff, which like nobody talks about how weird it is sometimes when you like get to be an adult and then your friends kind of don't friend the way they used to. And so talk mm-hmm. to me a little bit about um, when you found your therapist, what mm-hmm. was like the biggest takeaway lesson that you mm-hmm. learned that you're maybe still implementing or that you often come back to? today that's good okay um so from that first therapist because I've had two from that first therapist I learned journaling mind you though I've been doing it like since I was a kid I feel like that's like a girl thing like girls have diaries I'm even thinking about that now I'm like crap I should be introducing my daughter give her a diary she's four but um yeah Cause that was just something I always did, you know, like, right. Yeah. So, um, but I didn't know that it was like a thing. Like I didn't know it was like a, a mindful, I didn't know. So that first therapist definitely taught me about like the journal and like gratitude journaling, like introduced me to those things. Um, that thing, like that is something that like, I don't do it every day in this moment in life, but like there are times I'm like, okay, let me, let me go back to my basics and like journal it out. So journaling for sure was something I've taken, I took away. Yeah. I love that. Um, so that's so funny that you say that. Cause I feel like I have, there will be other guests on the podcast that have talked about I've at least four different people it seems like like everyone has talked about journaling and so yeah 
If you're yeah. listening and you don't have a journal or you don't think you're a journaler, like maybe you should just try <laughs> because there's, it can't be this many people in one season talking about like how much journaling has been impactful for it to like not have mindfulness benefits, right? Um, so I'm, I'm interested and curious because you said like you did nursing. It's a real thing like nurses, at least a lot of the nurses I know, like they're, they're caretakers and a lot of people who are in helping professions often are like, I make sure everyone else, I'm an educator, so I get it. Like I'm going to take care of everyone else. And then like, if I'm not taking care of, it's cool until, you know, we get to some place where it's like, maybe I need to focus on myself. So what prompted you to get into yoga or how did you find find yoga as a practice? And then what was the catalyst that you were like, actually, I want to teach. Like, I want to get certified to teach. Yeah. Um, so I started yoga in 2009. Like, that's when I first went into a yoga studio. And the time, because like hindsight is twenty twenty, right? But like at the time, I didn't know. Like I was just like doing this yoga class because a friend of mine was like, "Hey, let's let's um come with me to do this yoga class." I just graduated from high school, so you can like figure out my age and all of that at that time. So I didn't have anything but time that summer. And my first yoga class was a Bikram yoga class, which is like hot yoga and and like it's Bikram teachings, blah blah blah. Um, so I did that. And so, um, and I could also tell you a lot about my personality. I can be very extreme when it comes to doing new things for the first time. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to do yoga. Right. Okay, I'm going to try this, this Bikram thing. But anyways, um, did that for the whole summer. I got a membership. My friend, she fell off and she was like, this is all you now. Like I decided, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do this yoga thing. Did that all of 2009. Then the catalyst to like me teaching was years later, fast forward 2020, I had gone through my own mental health stuff, um, had my second child now. So I was now a mom to two, I had some postpartum depression and stuff going on. Then found a life coach and my second therapist. And within that, mind you, it was also the pandemic, right? So within 2020, um, I found this life coach, found my second therapist. I like changed my life. Like I did like a double 360. Cause if you ask people that knew me before versus now, they're like, you're a different person. Um, and it was in that when I worked with the life coach and all that, the life coach, she actually is also a yoga teacher too. So she um, heard, had this opportunity where she was like, Oh, I had somebody email me where they're giving, um, they're giving free scholarships, free yoga teacher scholarships. All you have to do is be black. Because remember in 2020, like it was, it was a wild time. They were just giving us everything. And now it's, you know, it's a whole other story. But um, so I took that and I ran Jasmine. I said, okay, take this free, free school. Um, because at the time, when, in that moment, when I got that scholarship, I just wanted to learn how am I feeling this good? Like, how does yoga, like, like that first class I took in 2009, I was like, how do I, why does it make me feel good? Like, that's really why I went, went to get the certification because I wanted to learn like the ins and outs of like why yoga made me feel good. It was very, it was very selfish and nothing to do about anybody else. And then once I was in the training and, and graduated and, and started putting myself out online, I was like, 
oh, I can monetize off this. Okay, cool. But um, at the first, it was very selfish. I was just like, I need to know why this is making me feel good. What is the the science? It was for me, it's also the nurse part of me was like, what's the science behind yoga and like helping me make work through postpartum depression? Like, what is it? You know, so. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I love that as you were talking about just like your journey, that it wasn't this like, oh, I found you again in 2009. And then in 2010, I became an instructor. I started my no. instructor journey. So no, like, yeah, not, no. like, right. Because I think that there's beauty and there's power in saying like, I explored this thing, leaned into this thing, maybe stayed consistent with it and or did it. And I came yeah. back to it, right, in a different way to know and understand, right, the science of it in a different way, right? And, like, it's okay yeah. to be like, I haven't done this for seven years or whatever. It's like, yeah, yeah I, like, came yeah. back to this over a decade later, like, and that's mm-hmm. okay, right? Because um, it doesn't take away from, like, the expertise or the knowledge in the way that you show up in the yoga space, Right. Um, mm-hmm. So you talked about 2020 and getting this scholarship for being a black yoga teacher, mm-hmm. which is like, shout out to whoever that company was. And I hope you still mm-hmm. <laughs> standing on the business that you were standing on in 2020. Um, so what, mm-hmm. as you yeah. have navigated now, because you've been in the game, you know, for a few years, you know, doing your thing, monetizing mm-hmm. on online and all these things. Um, what is something that you've um, noticed about being Black in the wellness space that you didn't necessarily anticipate understanding, learning, or knowing when you when you started your journey? Yeah. Ooh, okay. Where are we going? Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, the importance of representation, like it's really not a phrase, not just a phrase. Representation matters representation matters in being a black woman yoga instructor um, in the sense that we are worthy of being paid like livable wage as to be a yoga teacher because it's a lot of holding space. Anybody in the wellness space, anybody as you being an educator, being a caretaker, like you're worthy of payment like you don't need mm-hmm. to do this stuff for free all of the time, learning, um, having boundaries. And I've had great mentors too that have taught me like what, like boundaries and like what's unique about being a black woman yoga instructor is we, we, there's just like, it's a, it's a lot because people expect so much from us and we have to know is my cup overflowing a good friend of mine who's also a black woman yoga instructor has taught me that um is my cup overflowing before I can give to you because if it's not then I can't I can't teach this class at this time and like not even having to apologize like just being like I can't and um knowing that that's okay. Like you, you, you can't be at all the things you can't do all of the things. Right. Yeah. 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 So you said, I feel like you said a lot 
in that response. Like you didn't, you didn't say too much, but you also said a lot because one thing I heard you say was like, pay, pay black women, particularly those of us who are in caretaking, like professions where we hold space and we help people work through their ish. Like it, that's not an easy feat as a black woman specifically to do. Right. And so when I say this, my rate, this, my rate, right. 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 And don't assume I'm going to do it for free because I'm black and you're black. Right. Because like, right. Right. Yeah. There's time and there's effort and there's energy in me being able to lead. But there was also time, effort and energy in me learning how to do this at the level that I do it at. Right. And I want to be compensated for all that I put into like being an expert in the space. I also heard you say, right, like I can't pour from empty cup and I don't. And I don't have to apologize for not being able to show up for other people because my cup is not overflowing. And as a Black woman, or even as a woman of color, I think that's such an important truth to internalize because so often we are the people, everyone looks at us to be able to pour. No one asks us like, is your cup full? Is your cup overflowing? It's just like, your cup might have a crack in it and it might've always had a crack in it, but like, you got a little bit of drippity drop for me. It's like, right. I don't even have a drippity drop for me. Right. And so that like normal that like I have an awareness of of my capacity and I don't I don't feel guilty about saying no when I don't have capacity. Right. And there's so there's so much power in that awareness. And then I think there's power in acting on the awareness that you have. So love that you said both of those things, because I think as black women that's a lot of unlearning and unconditioning that happens to get to a space where like, that's what we know, recognize and like act in. Um, You, so you did talk about cup being full and pouring from the overflow of, of your capacity. How do you, for folks who are the people, right. Who I'm going to show up for everyone. I'm going to do all the things for everyone. I always want to give, right. What are some tips maybe that you've learned on your own journey about how to know and have this awareness of like, are you pouring from empty, you're pouring from full, or are you pouring from from your overflow? That's good. And before we go into that question, I want to, sh- the person who told me about the over pour from an over club of overflow, overflow um, is my friend Yumi. Um, she is the founder of Flex and Fly. So I always want to, and she's also another black woman. So I got to, you know, make sure I did not come up with that. So my friend Yumi Jean Francois, who's the founder of Flex and Fly. Okay. Um, Like, am I pouring from a cup of overflow or am I pouring from a cracked empty cup that has nothing? The first thing that comes to my mind, and this is because of working with professionals, right? Working with therapists and things like that is when I am um, reacting to my kids versus responding or if um a message from work like the ping like you know the ping from teams or if I'm like ah like I just get annoyed so if like little like a sound annoys me that maybe normally wouldn't that even is burnout if you want to talk about like if like little sounds like that are, are annoying you reacting versus responding to my kids so just snapping like my son might be like mommy and I'm like what you know that that is sis you you need you you need to go to bed turn the phone off like go go take Mm -hmm. a nap like you know and that that's something even yesterday I was like I just found myself 
feeling really irritated, constantly like uh, refreshing the email, like, you know, and I'm just like, I'm turning my phone off. And it was like before 8 p.m. I was like, I'm turning my phone off. I'm going to lay down. Like, that's what I'm going to do, you know? So that, um, those are for me, like the, the two things, like if I notice a sound at work and then if I'm not responding to my kids, like I'm reacting and yoga helps a lot with that, like the react versus respond because, and the reason I like to teach yoga um, to people is to show you how to be more in tune, like, because for me, I can only speak for me. I was not aware of my body, like body awareness. Mm -hmm. And I feel like with what we're talking about right now with the overflow, the only way you can be aware of like your cup, right? And is, is, are you physically aware of your body? Like physically, are you aware of like, like, how are you sitting right in this seat? Are you aware that, that you're carrying tension in your shoulders and your, and your jaw? You know, so it's like in yoga, when I teach, I'm like telling you these things. I'm like, relax this, relax this, relax that. And then when you walk away from my class, you're like, dang, I'm so chill. And like, nothing bothers you, right? Ultimately, and I put nothing in quotes, but it's so you can be more responsive to everything that's happening around you. Yeah, I... Bodily awareness is also something that has come up over and over again in the season in different <laughs> ways. Like it does, it's been a consistent um, sort of like theme. And as you were talking about like where we hold tension, right? I <clears throat> I feel like I am learning to become much more aware of my body um, over the last like couple years. Just like, yeah, it's a learned process. And I remember yeah. the other day, like, I was at work and I wasn't like nothing about what I was doing was stressful. I was just doing like my normal job. And I was like, unclench your jaw. Cause why is your jaw clenched up? Like, cause you're not, like, you're not, you're not even focused on anything. Like, so why, like why in a space where you're like, you're not actively feeling stressed, like you're, but you're still holding all this random stress in your body. And I was like, yeah, why is your jaw clenched up? Like, ease up girl. Like what? <laughs> calm down. Right. And so I love that you talk about this, like yoga helps you to be in tune with your body in a, in a way that oftentimes like <clears throat> we aren't often thinking about where do I hold my stress? How am I sitting in my seat? Like all of these things. And so yoga is like one of those opportunities to like, you're going to slow down and someone's going to show you some of the places where it might occur for you. And in, in that, I guess, repeated process of showing up to yoga you 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 begin to be able to like ask yourself that right what so I'm someone who's like tried out yoga I really want to be a yogi but like have not been consistent and I'm just like this might not be my jam in the way that it is for other people which is fine but what advice do you have for folks who are looking to engage in any type of mindfulness practice whether that's a physical practice or that's something that is more of a mental practice like journaling um yeah yeah, what what have you learned on your journey as an instructor, as a mom, as a nurse, right? That is helpful as folks um, make decisions and make commitments to themselves about just living a life that is more mindful overall. Yeah, that that's a good question. And 
do what's right for you. Like that's what comes up as you ask, right? Like do what feels right for you, not just do what's right. Do what feels right for you. You know, we see a lot of stuff online and, you know, I even, as we were talking, I think of like, you know, the whole soft girl life and all of that. So if that's something that you're like, oh yeah, I love this whole soft girl life. So dive into that, whatever that means for you. If it's simply like, you know what? I'm going to, I don't know, say no more, or I'm going to ask for help, you know, like, like little things like that will help open you up to other things, other things being if that's yoga, journaling, breathing, like, so it's like in those little things that we do, where then you'll you'll realize there'll be shifts of in other places of your life. Because if you're able to say no to this thing and ask, you know, your friend to help you watch the kids, then you'll actually be like, oh, wait a minute, I got extra like hour in my day. Let me open up this laptop and check out a yoga class with Leslie, or let me, you know. Um, go take this ceramics class or let me actually open up this journal I bought at Ross and start writing what I'm grateful for. But it's like, you have to make sure there is some kind of, you have some kind of gap. Like don't just be adding Mm -hmm. stuff. So, you know, so you notice I said, say no more and delegate. That's so you're creating space in your day. Cause if you're a mom Like you don't have time, right? Like we don't have time, but it's typically because you're, you're committing maybe to too many other things, right? So it's like figuring out where, where can I, what can I do? Cause you can't do it all. You can't do it all by yourself, but you can do it if you want to do it all. You know, everybody has a different take on that. You just need the help. You just need the help. So, um, And if you're like, yeah, I want to start yoga, right? If that's what you want to do, try restorative, try yin yoga. Don't, don't, because everybody, if I had a dollar, actually in this economy, we'll say if I had five dollars for every time somebody was like, I'm like, hi, I'm a yoga teacher, right? They'll be like, oh yeah, I tried hot yoga once and I hated it. Don't make that your first yoga experience please because a lot of people seem to not like it I love it but like I told you earlier I'm very extreme when it comes to like wellness stuff um Mm -hmm. do do restorative do yin yoga these are types of yoga that really focus on the more uh mindfulness and they focus more on what's the word your mental health too and they help regulate there we go they help regulate your nervous system because i'm pretty sure if you're listening to this podcast you're very on the go 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 Mm -hmm. so those are two types of yoga i highly highly recommend that we i don't hear enough about and i think also when you type yoga in you'll be seeing people on their heads and in splits that's not the yoga that I teach in these moments. That's just not me at this moment in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, Cause yeah, it's about like figuring out what works for you. And then as my mom would say, figure out what works for you and work that thing. And I'm like, yeah, period. That works across all elements of life, mom. Thank you so much. What mom um, said, so, that's it. Yes. Right. 
Um, so before I get to my last question, I do have one more question for you before the last question. And so we talked a little bit earlier about just like being a Black woman in the wellness space. <clears throat> and there may be some, you know, folks who want to be in the wellness space that are that are Black women or women of color or just or just people of color in general, or maybe from any other marginalized mm-hmm. community. What mm-hmm. advice would you give based on your experience to folks who are wanting to become yoga instructors, Pilates instructors, therapists, like they want to be able to have impact in the wellness space and are people of color from other marginalized communities, what advice would you give them about navigating the space and entering the space based on their identities? Yeah, I love this question because I feel like I'm kind of, I'm really good with this get mentors. So it goes back to earlier in the episode, like where I'm saying representation, it's more than a sentence. It's more than like find, because we're out here, as you can see, find black yoga teacher, black Pilates, find the black therapist, find the the nurse practitioner that's black, that that, like find the person that looks like you. They are out there. I probably, like I can like, I don't like to make promises, promises, but just find the people that look like you, right? You can, like, that's what's so incredible with social media. Like, I like to look at social media in a positive light. Is like, I can put in Black yoga teacher. I can put in Black Pilates teacher. Like, I can put these things in and then I'll find people that look like me. So whatever your marginalized community is, Put that in and you'll find people that look like you and then, and then send them a message, like send them a message. Like, don't just lurk. Don't just be creeper. Like say, Hey, like, I love what you're doing. Can I, can we like get on a zoom? You know what I'm saying? And if they are good, if they are a, a genuine person, which I would hope because they're in the wellness space. They'll, they'll like, you know, they'll tell you the ways that you can, you can contact them, right? Um, but those kind of messages are really encouraging. The messages that are like, I love what you're doing. I want to do what you're doing. Okay, like what, how can, you know, can you just give me some advice? And then, you know, if you're not ready to, to send them that message, at least like their stuff. So like, just start liking their stuff and, and sharing their stuff and saying how you're inspired by them. Like, Doing those things, they're not little things at all. They're not little things at all. Doing those stuff for those those wellness people, those those wellness creators, is it's really it's nice. Like I can say that for me, I, I appreciate and like, oh I love to see I love what you're doing. Or if I see like a new follower, new person liking my stuff, like I pay attention to that. I'm like, oh, who is it's not a bot, like it's an actual person. Oh, this is nice. Yeah. Like you know, so just really finding people that look like you that are, that are, you know, steps like that where I, I want to challenge people. If you're somebody that's like, I want to be a well, a black, um, black wellness person in whatever field, find somebody that's like out of your reach. Like they, and I put that in quotes, like find somebody real life. Oh yeah. They have so many followers. Or, oh my God. Like, cause it's your perception, right? All of that. Right. Oh my God. Like they're speaking on all these panels and podcasts. Like that could never, like at first, if you're saying that, that's also talking about what you, how you view yourself. But 
I want you to like follow those people that you, you in your wildest dreams, your wildest dreams that look like you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's, and I asked that question because I think sometimes when you're in this state of like, I aspire to do something that we may, that you, there's a potential to like, you just make it really hard to be like, I don't know how to get into yeah. this. I don't know. And like, it's what you're saying is like, just connect, just connect. Mm-hmm. Like it's as simple as find the people who are doing the thing you want to do and connect with those people. And like you, and you just never know like what comes of that. Okay. And so I love that you, it's like, that's so simple. Everybody knows how to connect. Right. Yes. And with social media, there's no excuse why you can't. Right. There's so none. There's none. It, that's what yeah. I love. I really love social media at this point in my life. I you notice I always say at this point in my life because, you mm-hmm. know, maybe a few years people listen to this podcast and I might be saying something else on my social media. But at this point in my life, social media has really helped me grow as a person, helped me grow my business. It's given me more reach. Like yeah. it's just because of social media. Yeah. 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 I love that. Um, so Leslie, my very last question for you isn't really a question and I need to probably stop phrasing it like that. Cause it's not a question. Um, <laughs> it is a fill in the blank statement in this, and you can fill it in however you want in this moment. And you can give as much context as you want or none at all. It doesn't matter. Um, so the statement <laughs> is I have permission to, I have permission. Hopefully nobody said this one already, but I have permission to rest and you know we should never need permission to do that but if you're someone who's always on the go and is always busy like a mom like someone who's in a health care field or in a helping profession or you're just a woman of color and so you just feel the weight of all of the responsibility you didn't need permission from me and you didn't definitely didn't need it from from me or Leslie. but in case you were looking for a mm-hmm. sign that you might need to sit down somewhere and take a nap and rest <laughs> and turn your phone off. This is your sign, okay? That you have permission to rest. And Leslie told you that. So if you need, you need to back that up to say Leslie told me that I do have permission yeah. to rest. I will take that. Yes, <laughs> love it. Leslie, can you let our listeners know how they can find you and connect with you? Anything that you have going on? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at Leslie Pittman. So that's my name, L-E-S-L-I-N-E-P-I-T-T-M-A-N. You also can check me out on my website, which is www. Love it. I will link all of Leslie's socials, her website in the show notes. So if you are an aspiring anybody in the wellness space that's aspiring Leslie yeah. already told you it simply connect so click click the links connect with yeah. her um yeah. she's a dope individual is doing incredible work in the wellness space Leslie thank you so much for this wonderful um life-giving conversation um just thank you for being in the wellness space and creating space for black and brown folks folks from marginalized identities moms women to have just a moment to reflect and be mindful in our own bodies and hopefully walk away with the full cup. So appreciative of what you do and how that has an impact on your community and the world more broadly. Um, thank y'all so much for tuning in to this episode of Permission to Pivot. Hope that you continue to stay locked in for season two. We're talking to more mental health and wellness experts, enthusiasts, and advocates. We will see you on the next episode.